Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Total Dream Life Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Tom Diggert, and I am excited to have you here with me today. Today is a milestone episode. We've made it to episode 20. Some people thought we'd never get this far, but a lot of you had faith in us. So I wanted to say thank you. Shout out to you. Shout out to us. Shout out to me. Shout out to everyone involved in the podcast. And thank you, thank you, thank you to anyone who's listening um, I appreciate all of you. I appreciate the feedback. I appreciate the patience while I learn and grow and make this into a thing that happens on a regular basis. So like I said, episode 20 this week, we got a great topic. I'm going to try and keep it to a reasonable amount of time. This will definitely be part one of many. Um, I have already thought about a couple follow-up episodes for this topic. So if there's something you didn't get or something you want more clarity on, just let me know because we could be back talking about this in just a few weeks. Uh, we had a pretty funny moment last week. One of the presidents of the uh, TDL Appreciation Society, the West Coast chapter, pointed out to me that I said um, something that was pretty funny. So we're going to try, maybe we'll make some merch about it. I'll definitely make some stickers. Um, but if you want a Virgin Level Extra t-shirt, let me know if we get a couple people together. We can probably make some t-shirts and not have it cost too much money. Um, I'm actually thinking more like tank top because it's summertime, but we'll see how it goes. Uh, but yeah, Virgin Level Extra. I said that on air, and now I'm saying it again, and I think it's our first like catchphrase. So I'm kind of into it. Um, yeah, it's been cool. It's been a process. I would definitely say, as cliche as it sounds, like if you want to start something or do something, you got to just start. Because uh, I could have spent the last 20 weeks trying to figure out how to record things and how to edit music um, and how to make merch and how to say silly things on the air so I can make more merch. But at the end of the day, you just got to do. Um, but yeah, it's been pretty cool. I want to set some goals for the next 20 episodes. At this rate, let's see. I think it'll be like towards the end of the year by the time we get to episode 40. So we got a lot of ground to cover. Definitely have some cool interviews in the pipeline. I'm going to reach out to some more local businesses, see if we can do some collaborations, uh, and try to make this interesting for people. I don't want it to just be a Catch Up With Tom podcast. Let's also make it a It Makes My Life Better 2 podcast. <laughs> so that's where we're going. Uh, what's new? What's news and notes? This past week, I was in Chicago. Great seminar with Cairo Destiny. Shout out to everyone who was there. Um, always, always great to be in the room with those high-functioning, highly successful, highly inspirational doctors, uh, met a lot of cool people, reconnected with people that were, you know, that I've known for 10-plus years now, and it's just really cool to see everyone, to watch everyone grow, um, to hit goals, to expand our vision. And then also, while I was in Chicago, I managed to hit uh, stop number two of the Desert Sharks tour, and that was a ton of fun. Shout out to everyone who came out to the podcast, or who came out to the show that night, everyone listening to the podcast who came out to the show, thank you. Um, it was a ton of fun seeing everyone. The band was awesome. The Burlington was cool. Uh, the other bands were great. Got some really cool merch. Uh, you know how we feel about merch here on the podcast uh, and saw some great people. Um, so it was a lot of fun, and I'm glad that worked out. Now um, we're local until next month. I go to Indianapolis at the end of July for a Black Diamond Club meeting. Uh, which will be a ton of fun as well. And then we're starting to plan for our trip to Scotland at the end of the year. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Um, yeah, not much new in the media consumption world. 
Uh, like I said, it's been, it was a weird week. We had the whole smog event. Um, I had to basically run to the airport Thursday night to get to Chicago. Um, and, oh, yeah, one of the cool things that came up over the weekend at the seminar, and that's come up a few different times, is this idea of failure, you know, loving failure, appreciating failure, and realizing that failure is part of our path to growth. So, you know, you have to appreciate things that don't seem at the time like they're working out just as much as when things go the way you want them to. And a perfect example last week, if they hadn't had that whole smog incident with the wildfire smoke, I don't know that I would have ever made the flight to uh, Chicago. You know, because there was less traffic on the road, I was able to leave my office and be at the gate in under an hour. And I don't know that that was happening on a typical Thursday. And it was a really special weekend for me. So what I thought was stressful at the time turned out to be something that helped me in that other area. So when things aren't going the way you think they are or, you know, things aren't growing fast enough or you're not seeing the results you want, just, you know, adapt, keep working on it, but also, like, give a thought that it might be leading to something that you can't see as the outcome you want yet. So a little bit of uh, thought for the week for you to chew on. Um, Let's see. Where else are we? Oh, the other big takeaway from the weekend was this idea of just working harder. You know, we all know what we need to do to hit the goals we want. And one of the stories that was told was the story of Kobe Bryant and the Olympic team. Um, And I'm not going to get into the whole story right now, but to kind of summarize it, Kobe got called up to the Olympic team at a time when he was known for not being a team player. And the coach of the team, Coach K, basically pulled him aside and said, listen, we need you to be all in. We need you to do the dirty work. We're trying to build a culture here. Kobe came back, said, I'm all in. You know, the next day at practice, he's diving for every loose ball. He's racing up and down the court. You know, that night, everyone goes out to party. They come back at 5, 6 in the morning. Who's coming out of the elevator going to the weight room? Kobe Bryant. And that starts to change the culture of the team. So my goal for the summer, while it's always, you know, have fun, enjoy the summer, get to the beach as much as possible, I'm also going to work harder on things to make this a productive summer while still having a ton of fun. So that was one of my big takeaways from the weekend. Uh, So hold me to it. If you don't see big changes and things coming through the pipeline for the podcast, call me out. Uh, I appreciate the support, and I look forward to what happens next. Um, I downloaded a ton of new books at the seminar, but I'm still almost done with The Score Takes Care of Itself, uh, the Bill Walsh book. It's excellent. Highly recommend it. Um, You know, it has a unique perspective. There's definitely some things that are probably more appropriate for that time and not as conducive to this time, but the underlying message, the point behind the book, and the thought process of the man are all useful things that I think most people could adapt to their lives. So if you're into that sort of book, check it out. Um, yeah, so music. I just told you Desert Shark Show that was awesome. I happened to catch the last leg of the tour last night which was also awesome another great set with a bunch of great bands um our wicked lady is a great venue definitely check it out if you're in bushwick la big zero also has their album release show coming up on the 30th i think we have another episode before that so i will remind you next time but definitely if you are in brooklyn get yourself to our wicked lady on june 30th to check out la big zero at their show 
Um, moving on, without further ado, this is a topic I've been wanting to talk about for a long time, uh, and I want to do it justice. And like I said before, the way we're going to do that is we're going to revisit it. So today, we're talking about going barefoot. Welcome to another episode of the Total Dream Life Podcast with me, your host, Dr. Thomas Dick. I'm a chiropractor, meditation teacher, entrepreneur, and lover of life, and I'm excited to have you join me for this week's episode. All right, and welcome to this week's episode of the Total Dream Life Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Thomas Dickert. And I'm excited to have you here today. This week, like I said, we're going to talk about barefoot training, barefoot shoes, going barefoot in general. We're going to talk about some of the benefits, maybe see if there's any drawbacks to it, and talk about how you can get started transitioning from conventional shoes to barefoot shoes um, as much or as little as you want to. One of the constant refrains on the show is that we want variety in things, variety in our diets, variety in our workout, variety in our experiences. So I think that there is a world where you can wear conventional shoes and barefoot shoes at different times, have them be appropriate for different situations, and still get the majority of the benefits of living a life where you're barefoot all the time. So barefoot training, barefoot shoes, barefoot walking um, is a movement that's been becoming more and more popular over the years. It's a very uh, connected to trail running and natural health and injury prevention and performance. And... It's gained popularity almost in response to the over-engineering um, of sneakers and traditional footwear. So what we'll talk about today is that <clears throat> some of where we were, some of where we're going, and what the difference is. So minimalist shoes. Minimalist shoes are a type of footwear that have minimal structure. You know, They have a very thin sole or a very flat sole, one of the defining factors is that the heel and the toe sit at the same level in the shoe. Um, in traditional shoes, there's something called a drop where they raise your heel up. Now, this can be shown to um, you know, take some pressure off the ankles, take some pressure off the knees. Traditionally, they've seen it as a way to improve performance. Um, but by building up and supporting the foot with a drop between the heel and the toe, um, it actually changes the level of your foot compared to how it is when you're walking barefoot. Um, so we're going to get into this more, but they also allow your feet to sense the ground better. You get a better sense of proprioception. You get more feedback from the ground that you're walking on. Um, and it really stimulates the brain in a lot of ways that you lose or gets diminished with traditional shoes. Um, the popularity of natural health obviously has been growing. We have a natural health podcast. I have a career in natural, natural health. Uh, and wellness. And one of the reasons is that people are seeing that when we interfere too much all the time with nature, there are side effects or negative aspects of it. Um, like I said, there's always going to be a place for uh, traditional or for conventional shoes, and there's going to be a place in them for fashion, there's a place in them for performance, uh, there's a place in them for people who just like them, you know. But there's also a whole world of barefoot shoes, which can be very helpful to our health, and that's what we're talking about today. And there's also been a lot more research on barefoot training, and the growing body of research suggests that barefoot training can have a number of benefits, you know, improve balance, improve proprioception, improve flexibility, um, improve strength in your feet and your legs and your back, 
um, you know, and less injuries. So let's talk about some of those benefits in a little more detail. So when you're going barefoot, this improves and improves and increases your balance and it improves and increases your proprioception. So what's proprioception? Proprioception is your mind's ability to tell where your body is in space. So if I close my eyes and I hold my arm straight out to the left, I have a picture in my head of where exactly my hand is. Now, if I want to raise that hand up above my head, I can also see that in my brain. That's proprioception. That's me knowing where my hand is, knowing where my body is. Um, if I was having an issue with my proprioception, I could have decreased balance, trouble standing, trouble walking. You know. Um, so when we're going barefoot, we're getting a lot more information from our environment through our feet to our brain, and that improves our proprioception. One of the ways I talk to people in practice about this is if you think about shoes for your feet are like gloves for your hands or mittens for your hands. Now, if I walked around all day wearing oven mitts on my hands, I would have a lot of trouble feeling the things I normally feel. We use proprioception when we type on a keyboard, uh, when we play with video games, when we're carrying things, when we are picking up things at the store and looking at things. And if I was wearing oven mitts all day, all of those things would be a lot more difficult. My hands might feel better because they'd have a little less wear and tear. They wouldn't get so banged up bumping into things because they'd have the protection of the oven mitts and the support. But over time, I wouldn't be getting the same sensory feedback. So with conventional shoes, that diminishes the amount of feedback we're getting from our environment. Um, if you picture walking barefoot through the woods, you're going to step on twigs, you're going to step on rocks, you're going to step in puddles and leaves, and all this information is being fed through the nerves of your feet up into your brain. And it's stimulating your brain in a way that, that your brain finds you know, pleasurable, that it finds um, supportive and nutritious almost. It's like food for our brain, getting this input. So when we have thick-soled shoes on that diminish how much feedback we're getting from the earth, it affects our sense of balance, it affects our sense of proprioception, um, and it can have other detrimental facts. It makes our, it's boring for our brain compared to being barefoot. Um, just like anything else, there's always an argument for overstimulation, but we'll get to that another day. Uh, so the proprioception and balance are both shown to be improved greatly when we're barefoot or wearing a very minimal shoe. Um, the next thing, which is really great about barefoot training, is that it's going to strengthen the feet and the ankles. You know, your foot is an amazing piece of natural engineering. There's a huge amount of bones, tendons, muscles, ligaments, nerves, blood vessels, and tissue in your feet. There's a ton going on. It all has to work in balance for you to be healthy and to get the best performance. And being barefoot causes your feet to work harder. Um, just like, again, kind of like the mitten example. If I sit around in a recliner all day, I'm not going to use my legs and my back muscles as much as if I'm walking around all day. So then if I put wheels and a motor in my recliner and I just cruised around all day in a recliner like the people in Wally, -E, um, over time, I'm going to lose all that muscle, all that bone density, all that um, exercise I get from walking around every day, from running for the subway, for running up the steps, running down the steps, for getting packages, for all the things we do all day. If we weren't using our legs to do it, our legs would atrophy, they would weaken. So shoes that are overly structured and overly supportive can also have this effect. 
you know same thing as like wearing a knee brace if somebody comes to me and they're like oh my knee hurts should i wear a brace in the short term maybe but if you wear that knee brace every day and you become accustomed to it over time your body needs that knee brace and your body's going to need that extra support um, the shoes have the same lazying effect on our feet over time. So barefoot training, spending time in barefoot shoes and being barefoot strengthens the muscles, strengthens the ligaments, it improves the range of motion, it improves the flexibility. Um, yeah, so it's important to have some of this time because if your feet are weak, it actually has negative outcomes for your longevity as well. Um, being barefoot can also improve your posture and your gait. Um, when we're in a traditional or a conventional shoe, and we have a thick sole, that thick sole absorbs some of the shock every time we step, obviously. When we're walking barefoot, each step gives us a ton of information about the ground, about the texture of the ground, the firmness of the ground, the moisture, the sharpness, whatever it is, whatever you're walking through, walking through snow, walking through the river, walking through the sand, we're getting feedback. When you have a thick-soled shoe that cuts down on the feedback, your brain goes, wait a second, I'm not getting all the feedback I need. So it starts to make your steps harder to try and increase that feedback, to try and get more stimulation from your walking. So now you're walking, but you're stomping essentially subconsciously so that your feet can get more feedback to your brain. And over time, that can put more stress on your knees and your hips and your back. Um, one of the ways that people will often support uh, back pain or support st hip stability is with orthotics and the whole thinking there is that the foot has become lazy or injured or weak over time and now we have to put something in here to pump the foot up in the right places to give it the support that a natural healthy foot would have one of my favorite things to do if you're trying to see the difference between your feet and what they could be is go on site go online and search like hunter-gatherer feet or you know people from pre-industrial tribes um, and that sort of thing and look at their feet and their feet are these big muscular things with wild toes and they look like hobbit feet um, you know I remember growing up I wore a ton of shoes I was like always in shoes never had bare feet um, and I was going to Spain in undergrad and we were going to be there for a month or two and getting to Spain was going to be a lot of walking around and the shoes I had were a pretty minimal shoe for me it was like a puma shoe with a thin sole um not the not you know not the nike shocks with the air bubbles and the springs and the loaded this and that so by at the beginning of the trip compared to three four five weeks later my feet actually grew my toes got longer my feet got wider and you could see just by looking at them that my feet were stronger and part of that was having a more minimal shoe and part of that was being in a walking city you know, I live in New York now, so obviously we walk everywhere. It's one of the great things about living in New York City is you're constantly walking, you're constantly on the move. So we have a real great opportunity to strengthen our feet and our ankles if we can mix in some minimal shoes because we have a higher level of walking. If you live in other places, you might have a more car-centric culture. This is going to be even more important for you, but it's also going to be easier because you're going to have more access to the woods, to nature, and things like that. So again, walking, it's going to improve your gait, it's going to improve your posture, when your legs are strengthened, or strengthened, when your legs are stronger and everything's balanced right, you're going to stand more naturally. Um, one of the things that happens with the 
conventional shoes is because of the thick soles. We end up doing a lot of heel strike when we walk. And really, that's not the most natural walk for us. What barefoot shoes and minimal shoes do is they encourage more of a midfoot or a forefoot strike when we're walking. And that's really how our foot's designed to work. It's also very important uh, if you're running. You can run in a more minimal shoe, and it will change how your feet hit the ground, which will change how much force goes up into your ankles, your knees, your hips, your back, all the way up to your head. People don't think about this all the time, but... There's times where people will come in and you can correct something in their ankle or correct something in the alignment of their foot and it will change their headaches. You know? And it's not the same for everyone, but a lot of times alignment issues that start in your feet and ankles can have global effects all the way up to your head, to your arms, to your neck. So it's really the support of our body. It's the foundation of our body. And just like a building, if the foundation is off, the whole building's going to be off. But... Uh, moving on. So the other thing that it does is barefoot training, minimal shoe training can help reduce the risk of injuries. Part of that is because it's strengthening the muscles. Part of that is because when you have a better brain body connection, you tend to have healthier, less painful joints. Um, it can reduce, uh, plantar fasciitis, shin splints, Achilles tendonitis, um, all because it's kind of a reset when we're doing things naturally. A lot of times if, I'm walking around in the city and there's a lot of concrete here. Say my foot starts to hurt or there's a sore spot where I'm walking. I'll look for a patch of grass or a park because if I can, I know that if I do a little walking in the grass, it's like a reset for my feet and it will often get rid of whatever little ache or pain is bothering me. And studies show that when you're doing barefoot training, when you're doing walking in minimal shoes, it increases your overall well-being. It increases your brain-body connection, your sense of being, your sense of proprioception. Um, it can really lead to changes in your life that are beyond just what type of shoes I'm wearing. Some drawbacks of traditional shoes, we've talked about some of these. Obviously, it's going to diminish the input, uh, the nervous input from your feet to your brain. So that's going to reduce your balance. It can affect your proprioception. Um, it can lead to weaker feet and ankles. It can affect the posture and gait in negative ways that we've talked about. You can increase your uh, risk of injury. Um, you know, when I'm training, I've definitely trained in very minimal shoes and I've trained in very thick shoes and I had to stop with the very thick shoes cause I kept rolling my ankle cause I wasn't used to the decreased proprioception and it would affect, you know, how my foot was striking and landing on the ground. And it kept leading to injury because I was so used to not having a thick sole. You know, one of the first times I remember the benefits of barefoot shoes, we were in chiropractic school. And back then, barefoot shoes were gnarly. We had these toe shoes. They were like gloves for your feet. Um, but it was chiropractic school. And like weird stuff like that was pretty common. So like we would wear those when we were training. We're doing CrossFit and all this. So one day we were playing like a pickup game of flag football. And I'm like, I'm, I'll wear my barefoot shoes. And... You know, it was, we're playing on the grass and it was a little wet, so it was a little slippery. And I start running around and I go to turn. And as I turn, my foot starts to slide. But because I'm in the barefoot shoes, I feel my foot as it starts to slip. And I'm able to turn my foot and dig the ball of my foot into the ground and push off of it and actually turn it into a cutting move and keep running. And I knew in that moment that it, by the time I would have sensed that my foot was slipping in a conventional shoe, it would have been too late. I would have already been down. But because I had the quicker feedback from my environment, I was able to adjust my movement and not fall, but actually continue running. Uh, so that was a really eye-opening day for me. 
Let's see. So when you want to get started with barefoot running or barefoot training or even just walking barefoot, like no one needs to start with running, right? Walking would be enough to strengthen many of your feet. Uh, so you want to start slowly. Slowly is the name of the game. It's a marathon. It is not a sprint. You know, we're going to start slow. You're going to build it up over time, and that's how you get the benefits. Just like you wouldn't start bench pressing with the max weight that's available at the gym, you'd build up and up over time. Your barefoot training is the same thing. When you're starting out, you want to choose a very forgiving surface, you know. Um, again, variety is great. So if you have the option of trails and beach and parks and things like that, definitely take advantage of all of them. But you want to start off on softer surfaces. It took me many years and many sore spots in my feet to be able to walk around all day on concrete in barefoot shoes. It's probably not the best. And from time to time, one of the reasons I'll wear a more conventional shoe is because I'm always on concrete. But there's also barefoot options that have thicker soles now. So I'll implement those as well. Um, you definitely want to be comfortable. You want to take your time. You want to stay hydrated. Do all of the dream things that we always talk about. Uh, be aware of where you're walking. <laughs> One of the drawbacks of having less of a sole is you're more susceptible to sharp objects uh, on the ground, roots, uh, thorns, things like that. You're going to feel them more. That's that's part of the goal, but you want to be careful because, especially in the beginning, when you're stepping on them, they can really irritate your feet. Uh, you want to listen to your body. This is not the type of thing where you push through. Uh, because your feet are so complex and have so many bones, so many muscles, and so many nerves, uh, you want to take your time with it. You don't want to just be pushing through things because we're always using our feet, right? So little injuries in our feet sometimes take longer to heal because we're using our feet every day. You know, and if you, avoid, if you ignore it and you keep pushing through it, you could end up in a situation where you have a boot on or something like that. And having a boot on your foot for six weeks is like such a great way to really throw your body off and to just trash your balance and your gait. So take your time, go slow, listen to your body, and gradually increase the intensity and the duration of your barefoot workouts. Uh, you want to definitely make sure you're stretching after. So I have some small like therapy balls that I got from a company called the yoga um or, I'm sorry the company's called tune up fitness they're called yoga tune up balls uh they're these two small balls they come in a little mesh pouch you can take the balls out and use them individually to massage parts of your body or you can keep them in the pouch and use it as kind of like a little roller peanut um but these balls are so great um for stretching out the feet for massaging the feet and for resetting the feet um I first found out about this technique doing something called the melt method, uh, which actually, light bulb, that'd be a good person to interview as well. My growing list of people to interview is getting exciting. Uh, but yeah, the yoga tune-up balls, the melt method is something, they use a different density of therapy ball, but it's also something that's really cool and a lot of fun for stretching out the feet. Obviously, yoga, um, there's some stretching and exercise you do for your feet. At this point, I feel like I'm always stretching my feet because, you know, as your feet get stronger, you're going to have more muscles in there, and it's going to feel good to stretch them and work them out. So yoga can be helpful. Surprisingly, Pilates actually does a lot of work with the feet too, you know, different foot positions and things like that and different movements. So that's another great way to stretch and strengthen the feet. Um, body work is really cool. There's a lot of adjustments we can do for your feet. 
Um, there's a lot of massage techniques and things like that. There's manipulations we can do either with um, by hand or with the drop piece to really get those foot bones moving properly. Lots of us carry a lot of tension, especially if you are like me and you just grew up being like, nope, only sneakers, nothing else. Uh, you know, I spent as little time barefoot as possible, like I mentioned. So I have a ton of work still to do in my feet, even after, you know, almost 20 years of a pretty significant barefoot lifestyle. Um, you know, and doing things like ice and heat like that can also be helpful. Uh, having some topical like CBD or some other ointments like a Tiger Balm can be very helpful when your feet are sore. And then also just like doing an ice bath, right? Having a bucket or the tub filled with ice water and getting in there can be really helpful for resetting the muscles in the legs and the feet um, and really healthy for your body as well. We'll probably talk more about that at another time. So let's move on a little bit. Um, one thing I wanted to talk about on this episode for sure was where I'm at currently. I had a time where I was much more militaristic about this, just like everything else in my life. And I was like, no, barefoot all the time. Let's always be barefoot. Um, I think that's changed a little bit. Just like I wouldn't go to boxing class and wear, you know, my cycling gloves. There's gloves that are specifically for boxing class. I don't type with my boxing gloves on. But if I'm in boxing class, I wear boxing gloves. They support my wrist. They protect my knuckles. So, you know, the last time I wear, ran the New York City Marathon, I wore a more conventional shoe. I hadn't done the proper amount of training, you know, so I knew I was going to need a little extra support in my feet. Um, you know, being in a minimalist shoe, it's a bigger workout. So, you know, if I'm doing something like, you know, whatever, whatever it is, if there's a special situation where it might be useful to have a little more support, that's the time I consider wearing a barefoot shoe. Uh, I wouldn't go skateboarding in in toe shoes, you know. You want something with a sole. Uh, yeah. So just kind of think about it and try to be more intentional. From time to time, I'm going to end up at a wedding. And if the wedding's formal, I might end up in a traditional pair of dress shoes. It's going to feel to me like I was, you know, wearing eight-inch platform heels the next day. But, like, there's times where I just want that extra, like, oh, that looks nice. You know, there's times where fashion's involved, where the function's involved. But for the majority of things, I'm also looking for barefoot options. The great thing about being in 2023, we have a ton more barefoot options than we had back in 2008. I've got boots. I've got sneakers. I've got workout shoes. I've got running shoes that all have great options for being barefoot. Um, so you really can find what you want for most situations. There's a lot of very fashionable options now, or more fashionable. Let's not say very fashionable. Um, one of my favorite places, and I know I'll mention this later, but like there's a woman on Instagram named Anya. She has a site that's called Anya's Reviews. They sell a bunch of different barefoot shoes. They talk about all the different barefoot shoe options. They're really great to get into for more information, um, and especially if you're trying to wear them in your day-to-day -day life. At this point, I wear them in the office. I wear them around town, and I even have a few pairs that people don't realize are barefoot shoes. So... It's a, it's a brave new world. It's a beautiful time to be alive, uh, and it makes it a little bit easier. So in conclusion, part one of barefoot training, it has a lot of potential to help a lot of people be more in touch with their bodies, more in touch with their environments, live healthier lives, have less injuries, um, and really help with some nagging injuries that conventional shoes can bring on. So something to consider. If you have any questions, if you want more information, reach out to me. I'm happy to dive deeper with this. this like I said, it's one of my favorite topics. 
Um, I'm probably a little scatterbrained today just because I'm so excited about it. I want to get as much in as possible, but I also want to be conscious of time. So we're going to wrap this up. Um, reach out to me. Let me know your stories about barefoot training, about barefoot shoes, um, any funny stories, any problems, any issues. If there's any way I can help you, please reach out to me. Uh, I love and appreciate you. As always, I'm so grateful for this trip we've been going on together, especially for the people that are listening on a regular basis. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It means the world to me that uh, we made it to episode 20 and that there's people that are enjoying it. Um, you know, I've gotten some great feedback. Please, as always, let me know what you want. Let me know what you want more of. Like I said, I'm going to step it up over the summer. So we're going to go places with this thing. Uh, get outside this week. Spend time with the people you love. Find something to make yourself uncomfortable and go do it. Start something you've been putting off. Uh, let me know if there's any way I can help you. Love and appreciate you. Later. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. Please remember to share this podcast with your friends and family. Subscribe and review wherever you get your podcasts. You can find me on social at Moby Dickert and learn more about me and the podcast at thomasdickert.com. <laughs>